Hey there, friends. Welcome to the Better Self Project podcast. The Better Self Project is a podcast all about self-improvement, self-development, and self-empowerment. We are here for busy adults who want to learn practical tips and strategies that will enable them to cultivate a better self. We're going to be discussing movement, nutrition, and mindset practices. My name is Kyle Devlin. I am a certified elite trainer through the ISSA. I've been training in person for 10 years now. I'm devoted to helping people transform their bodies and minds through mindfulness, movement, and nutrition. I'm Pamela. I'm also a certified elite trainer through the ISSA. I also specialize in body transformation through psychology-based and goal-setting practices. Better Self Coaching is our company. We help people fuel their lives and show up for themselves. So without further ado, let's get into it. friends. Welcome to the show. This is the Better Self Project Podcast, and I'm your host, Kyle Devlin, and today is going to be another solo episode. Today, it's just going to be me speaking to you, and I'm going to do a quick one today. Yeah, we're going to get Pamela back on the podcast, I promise, but for today, I want to talk about thoughts, some pervasive ideas that many of us have regarding food. So today, we're going to be discussing three thoughts that are hurting our relationship with food, okay? And the reason I think it's it's good to talk about this stuff is because our beliefs about something, we can usually guarantee that it's going to dictate our behavior regarding that thing. We may not consciously realize it, but our thoughts and our beliefs about something generally drives our behavior. It's good to examine our thoughts occasionally, and especially those thoughts that maybe we haven't challenged in a while, maybe negative thoughts about ourselves. It's always a good idea to examine those, take a look at those, recognize when they percolate, recognize when they come up, recognize what triggers them. Oftentimes, that can be really helpful. And this is something that is extremely beneficial when it comes to trying to rewire your subconscious, your default setting. We can start intentionally challenging our beliefs and our thoughts and then hopefully we can intentionally change them to something that serves us more and propels us forward and empowers us and gives us all the positive net benefits associated with having good thoughts about not only ourselves, but the things around us and what we're capable of. And so that's why I think it's really important to examine our thoughts. It's true when looking at our thoughts about food. And so Pamela and I, we are nutrition coaches. I'm also a personal trainer. Nutrition invariably comes up a lot when I'm talking to my clients, even if we're just working out, we still talk food. It's another piece of that puzzle. It's the other side of the coin for some people. Generally speaking, if you want to get in great shape, you're going to have to examine your food, your nutrition, take a look at what you're consuming day to day. And it's also good to look at what your food beliefs are because some people have really rigid thoughts when it comes to food and some people have a little bit more lax thoughts and beliefs when it comes to food and what good nutrition means. We all have an idea of what good nutrition is in our minds. And sometimes that can be something that is very restrictive or very rigid, it may be a good idea to get away from those really restrictive and rigid thoughts surrounding food. That's why I think it can be really helpful to look at our thoughts surrounding food. So today we're going to talk about three very specific ones, three thoughts that may be hurting our relationship with food or maybe manifesting a not so great relationship with food. And the first one is I'm not allowed to eat X, whatever the food item is. Okay. So I'm not allowed to eat sweets. That might be something that we tell ourselves or that we often think to ourselves. The reason this is not the most productive or helpful thought process is because generally speaking, if I tell myself I don't want donuts, then what does my brain do? Just immediately starts ruminating on donuts. 
and how much I want them. And then I feel as though I'm restricting myself. Barring any dietary or medical restrictions, telling yourself that certain bad, and I put that in quotations, foods are off limits is a sign of a not so great relationship with food. So just remember, it's the quantity and the frequency that can lead to health issues. This type of thought process can lead to restrictive eating. That's why it's not incredibly productive or it can be fairly insidious and not in a good way. If we're trying to restrict a food, we're trying not to consume a food, it's going to be very difficult for us to potentially not think about that food. And here is the other thing about the thought process of I'm not allowed to eat whatever the food item is and why it could be bad. Oftentimes when we tell ourselves that, we're going to consume the food anyways, okay? It's just we're going to consume it in secret and we're going to feel shame and guilt and we're going to feel badly about ourselves when we consume that food. We might beat ourselves up afterwards and we might even hold on to that shame and guilt and maybe even anger at ourselves for days or weeks. Maybe it perpetuates a sense of self-loathing and that's not very healthy, right? So this is where this type of thought process can be really, really problematic and doesn't necessarily get us to where we want to be. It doesn't allow us to have food freedom. It doesn't allow us to have a sustainable eating regimen, one that includes some of our favorite treats from time to time. And it's not incredibly healthy from a mental health standpoint. It's not incredibly productive or conducive to good mental health. In terms of food freedom, being free of these types of thoughts, it might be better to assume that, okay, I'm not going to eat donuts every day, but sometimes occasionally I'll eat donuts and that's okay because we want to get away from the idea that foods are good or bad and thinking I'm not allowed to eat X food item, it can lead us to believe that there are good foods and that there are bad foods. And then we start placing our self-worth on the food items that we're consuming. So if we're consuming a donut, then we're bad and we feel guilty and we feel shame. But really, we're just talking about sugar bread here, okay? We're talking about glucose, we're talking about carbohydrates. It's not the worst thing in the world. Food is neutral and we can have those treats foods occasionally, and there's nothing wrong with that. And when we put foods in the categories of good or bad, we link the bad to our self-worth when we eat those food items. And it's helpful to remember that there are no inherently good or bad foods. And at the end of the day, quality and quantity of foods matters the most. So not a great thought to have. So maybe we can switch the thought to, instead of I'm not allowed to eat X food items, we can say, I really enjoy these food items occasionally. Maybe we have them for special occasions like on Sunday mornings with our kiddos. Maybe that's like a special treat. That's something that Pamela and I do. We go to the bakery right down the street and we get pastries on Sunday mornings and we get to enjoy it with the kids. And it's kind of a fun little treat at the end of the week. That's completely fine. And you can do that and still maintain a healthy weight, maintain a healthy outlook for food and reach your goals. Everything in moderation, as they say. Now, the only exception would be if you find that you're being triggered by certain foods and then maybe you find yourself consuming those in an emotional eating sense or after a stressful event, there may be a time where you separate yourself from the food item and that's okay too. If you need to set parameters and it's not something that's negatively impacting you and you're not obsessing about it, then that's okay too. We can have different seasons where maybe we get away from certain food items that we find ourselves eating during triggered times and that's completely fine too. I will say one more thing about this though. They've done studies and they've found that people who generally are more restrictive with their eating, when they tell themselves that they can't eat a certain food item, they tend to crave that food more so and that deprivation that they're experiencing causes craving and overeating and that's primarily in restrained eaters and that's something they've backed up with studies
So enjoy your favorite foods in moderation because telling yourself you aren't allowed to have them isn't necessarily a good long-term solution. Okay, so the next thought that may be hurting our relationship with food is I'll reward myself with food or the other iteration of that could be I'll punish myself by withholding food. So if we regularly use food as a reward or a punishment, we may have an overall unhealthy relationship with food. And here's why. Food doesn't necessarily always need to be a reward. And if we view it that way, then it becomes something that we routinely go to to self-soothe or reward ourselves after a stressful day. But there's usually other items that we could cope with in terms of dealing with a stressful day or a stressful week at work. We can feel good about regularly fueling our lives and our daily life activity and our exercise. And if we're always viewing food as a reward, this implies that we are not deserving of food unless we do something to earn it. This just breeds an unhealthy relationship with food because something that's very common, people think that, oh, if I work out, then I can eat the things that I want, or then I can eat dinner, or then I can eat lunch. But you can eat dinner even without exercising, and you should eat dinner even on days where you're not exercising because we're not going to be exercising every day. I wouldn't recommend it. There's always going to be a necessary rest and recovery period. So even if you're working out five days a week, you want to take those weekends off. You don't have to earn your food on the days in which you're not exercising. And you don't need to earn your food with exercise either. It becomes an arms race in which you're never truly burning enough calories to make room for the food that you eat. We don't burn as many calories as we think we do when we exercise anyways. Exercise is good for a whole host of reasons, but it's not the only reason reason we lose body fat, okay? So there's a lot of times where people assume they get on an elliptical and they're burning X number of calories. A lot of times those calorie counts are inaccurate and we're not burning as many calories as we think we are. So if we're doing the elliptical for 30 minutes and we think we're burning 500 calories, it's probably closer to half that or maybe even less. That doesn't necessarily mean we've made room for 500 calories of food, okay? Our bodies don't work like that. But we often think of it that way, and this is where it can get unhealthy and reductive. We also don't want to punish ourselves by depriving ourselves of food, okay? This can lead to disordered eating and shame spirals and guilt whenever we consume food. You should never feel guilty for eating food period. We are human beings. We need to give our bodies the necessary raw materials to function, okay? That's why we consume food in the first place. And we have to get away from the idea that we need to punish ourselves by being ultra restrictive with our food because most of the time there's going to be a negative rebound where it's very easy to slip into restrict and then binge territory. That's why restricting our foods and being overly restrictive and trying to punish ourselves by depriving ourselves of food, this often has the opposite effect. And it's just a mean thing to do to ourselves, okay? We should be nice to ourselves. Nutrients are the reason that we eat, and nutrients are in the food that we consume. If we're trying to flip this all on its head, you know, I'll punish myself by withholding food. Maybe instead we can say, okay, well, I'm going to do something really nice for my body and give it lots of fruits and veggies because there's tons of nutrients in those food items. I'm going to make it a point to have a lean protein tonight with dinner grilled chicken or a fish source or shrimp or a lean beef or even doing a vegan bowl of some type with a bunch of chickpeas and vegetables that are full of micronutrients or even something as simple as preparing a nice meal for yourself and maybe your spouse or maybe your kiddos or maybe having them prepare a meal for you. That's a nice thing to do for yourself. You're allowed to ask for that by the way. 
this can be a really wonderful thing that we can do for ourselves. And it's the opposite of I'll punish myself by withholding food altogether. And the last thought or belief that I want to discuss that could be unfortunately leading to an unhealthy relationship with food is if I eat X, I'll feel better or I'll feel happier, or I'll feel less stressed. We often think this, and sometimes we don't consciously think it to ourselves, but it's baked into our subconscious. And this could be a sign of emotional eating or triggered eating. And regular emotional eating can be a sign of an unhealthy relationship with food. And it may indicate viewing food as our only pleasure, or one of our only pleasures, or the only thing to look forward to. It could also mean that we have a lack of awareness, in terms of what we think and how we think and what we're thinking, the deep layers of our subconscious where maybe we're not truly aware of, oh, okay, I'm rewarding myself with this food item a lot. Or, you know, I worked out today, therefore I deserve this food item. We may not consciously think that to ourselves, but that's baked in and that's informing a lot of our behaviors. And the other thing is with regular emotional eating, this could be a sign of body hatred or body shame or those spirals that I was just mentioning. And this can be very, very toxic in terms of how we view food, how we view ourselves, how we view fueling our lives and fueling our bodies. And so we have to become aware of those things. We have to become aware of what it is that's sparking this emotional eating or triggered eating. We have to become aware of those behaviors. Sometimes it's just the time of day. We might be getting a little bit more stressed in the early afternoon coming back from lunch at work, or maybe it's the beginning of the week, or maybe it's the end of the week when we're getting more triggered and more stressed out. And by identifying what triggers our emotional eating, we can then take intentional steps to change it or be proactive and try to set ourselves up for success. And it could be something as simple as making sure we have healthy snacks available for those times that we feel triggered by stress or we feel like we're going to slip into the grips of emotional eating. And so another way you can do that too is by getting a food journal and really logging how you're feeling throughout the day in terms of hunger cues or satiety, how full you're feeling, how stressed you're feeling, or through tracking. If you want more information, the last episode I did, I discussed all of the important benefits of tracking and what we can get out of it. By using these two things, we can be very proactive in taking measures to avoid eating due to a stressful event. Also, we can learn how to identify triggered eating. Triggered eating often will look like consuming foods rapidly, often in excessive amounts, eating when we're not hungry and just when we're stressed. That can be a sign of emotional eating or triggered eating eating in secret, feeling a lack of control when eating, feeling ashamed, depressed, or disgusted with our eating habits. This is all part of it. And this is why it's so crucial to become aware of why we're consuming the things that we're consuming and what it's doing for us and how it's serving us or maybe not serving us. Just to give a a definition, what exactly is emotional eating or triggered eating? This can be defined as eating that's driven by a need to be comforted and not necessarily out of physiological hunger cues. So in knowing that be consciously aware if you're consuming food if you're eating food and you're not actually hungry if you're not physiologically hungry and you're eating for other reasons that's a cue that might be something worth paying attention to and many times it can be a response to a triggered event that was what I was mentioning earlier how to identify food triggers these are usually foods that make us feel good or remind us of a positive experience or a comforting memory And oftentimes, no matter how full you get, you never find yourself feeling totally satisfied. You just continue to eat. One is never enough. That's sort of the nature of food triggers. Sometimes there can be a strong emotional response after eating, and this can feel like a food hangover, and it can look like guilt, shame, or even 
avoidance. And it's important to remember that we can untangle from emotional and triggered eating. And we don't have to give triggered foods more power than it's worth. We don't need to vilify them but we don't need to put them on such a pedestal either. They aren't in charge, we are, okay? We're in charge of our lives and we're in charge of our actions. And if we become aware, then we can really, really be intentional about what we do moving forward. And if we find ourselves engaging in triggered eating patterns, remind yourself that it's okay, it's normal, and we need to be kind to ourselves. And shaming ourselves will only reinforce the negative patterns. So just remember to breathe, take a walk, break the cycle, break the pattern, and Remind yourself that your struggles do not define you and your thoughts about food, they don't define you and they don't need to stick around forever. You can change your thoughts. You can rewire your subconscious so that these thoughts aren't your default setting. We can jolt ourselves out of autopilot and we can reclaim our relationship with food and our bodies in the process. If we find ourselves viewing certain foods to be a challenge, find mindful ways to consume them. This could look like healthier alternatives or having them for special occasions, like I was mentioning earlier with the donuts on Sunday mornings. And don't be afraid to reach out to your trusted company. You know, let them know what you're thinking. Let them know about these thoughts that you're having about food. And maybe they can be a source of reinforcement to help you and maybe them as well change the pattern and change the thought process regarding a lot of foods and how we view food and how we view eating and how we view nutrition. Okay, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. If you need some additional help with taking a look at your thoughts surrounding eating, this is what we do at Better Self Nutrition. Oftentimes when we first start working with people, that's the first thing that we're doing. We're taking a look at how we think about food and how we think about nutrition in our lives and how we think about fueling our lives plays a role and what that looks like. It's always fun because it's a good way to make some discoveries. So if you're needing some help with that, that's what Pamela and I do. We work one-on-one with our clients. If you'd like to see some more information about how we do it and some testimonials, feel free to check out our website at betterselfnutrition.com. Feel free to check us out on Instagram and all the socials as well. We're at Better Self Nutrition. We've got a free Facebook community group. You just search in the search bar, Better Self Community Group. We try to put up resources there all throughout the week. Come join us. We'd love to have you. Hope you're doing well out there beyond podcast land. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. We really do appreciate it. If you liked the podcast or you got something out of it, we would love to have you share it with your friends on your social media. Make sure to tag us. Yeah, and if you really want to help the podcast out and help us spread our message far and wide, you could help us enable the algorithm to show our podcast to many people by giving us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time. Talk to you later.